1: Hey everyone, welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt, and I'm the host. And I'm here with Pastor JD, and he is the person that we ask anything of. And uh, and JD, today we are asking a question about the Second Amendment. All right, mm. this is this is the this is the deep end of the pool. JD, is it Christian? <laughs> Love that start. Is it Christian to support the Second
0: Amendment? To whom do we owe such thanks for this question? <laughs> I this
1: don't know. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna defer to somebody else. We'll think about who to Second pin the blame Amendment on after we've recorded it.
0: Of the Constitution of the United States, the yes. right to keep and bear arms. Yes. Okay. Uh, at least this one's not politically charged. Yeah. I guess. yeah exactly. Right. This is calm. No, no, no um, one will. Well, as is customary on Ask Me Anything, um, I, I do try to avoid coming out with. Pastoral declarations on things that Christians really can disagree on, because at the end of the day, this is a practical question, not so much an inherently biblical one. Um, I'll give you some what I like to think of as as, as guardrails for how to process this. You know, is self defense okay for the Christian? Let's just kind of back up a little bit and say, is self defense okay for the Christian? Because uh, we're, we, you know, l- let's just suspend that we're not talking about owning guns as you, for the purpose of hunting food or, or something like that, yeah. or even for target practice, but this. Self- Self-defense okay for the Christian? I think that the biblical answer that you would give to that is is yes. That while taking vengeance upon yourself and taking the responsibility of vengeance is never, uh, never appropriate. There are um, evidences in the Bible of trying to protect when somebody is going to harm you. Uh, you know, if somebody is is coming in um, and they are trying to seek your family i actually feel duty bound to do what was necessary uh, to stop them from hurting one of my children um, i would try to use non-lethal force that would certainly be wise and loving but you know it's just i've got to stop that is just war it, you know is that a is that a concept war is a terrible thing and any kind of killing is terrible but um, there are places where that it is the most loving thing to do because you're fighting in a, in a, in a just cause um, i i don't think you see any inconsistency in the new testament with that even when jesus teaches you to turn the other cheek when he's teaching you to turn the other cheek, he's not talking about, um, you know, taking all the locks off your house and, uh, you know, giving everybody open access to your bank account yeah. and just do whatever you want. He is, he's talking about a, um, a, a grace field response to restoring a relationship, not throwing off any kind of need for, um, you know, for protection. Is it okay to lock your house? I, I think so. Does that violate the, you know, turn the other cheek thing? No. Um, Jesus led his disciples, you know, at the end when he was getting ready to go to the garden, they, they were like, can we take swords? And he's like, I mean, do you have, you know, and they're like, two. And he's like, that's enough. And what he was showing, you know, scholars say is he wasn't preparing for a fight because if you're preparing for a fight, then you don't take two swords. How many can we get? <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> the kingdom that he was bringing was not one that was uh, that was going to be accomplished by that. But why take swords? Well, I mean, there was a, a, a normal kind of you know protection uh, you know, element. And so, again, if you look through the Old Testament law, I think you'll see evidence of that. So uh, Romans thirteen, uh, Romans thirteen talks about the government owning a sword, and <laughs> the government owns a sword. I always, you know, kind of ask people like. If, if God gave to government the sword and they're supposed to exact vengeance and supposed to protect people, what do they do with that sword? Well, you don't use it to paddle someone. I mean, that's not, you use a different part of the sword. It's a lethal instrument. So there are situations where lethal force is appropriate. So is it ever okay for a citizen to have that? I mean, in, in our case that, you know, whether it's right or wrong, the government um, has determined that's uh, citizens owning firearms can be, actually help protect safety, and they give very strict laws for when you can use self defense to protect your family i 've actually been to the concealed carry class if that, if that <laughs> plays any of my cards, but you know it, it definitely shows you like um, he, he, this is what the government considers a just use of force and when it 's unwise so in that case, in Romans thirteen, the government took the sword and gave part of it back to us and says, on our behalf, we want you to to be able to exercise self-control, so if that's what we're talking about, then then yes, are there limits to that? I mean, that's all. That's where I say it's the practical question: what's um, the accessibility to guns? What level of guns is is. Um, helpful for the, the intended purposes of the founding fathers in the Second Amendment. Those are all you know really good questions that I wouldn't say that there's a biblical answer to as much as there is an applied wisdom answer that Christians really can disagree on. It's interesting, Matt, that um, when you go back to the original reasoning for why yeah. the Second Amendment, it wasn't so that they could hunt or it yeah. wasn't so that they could— um, even really protect against criminals coming in their house. It was because they feared a government yep. tyranny.
1: This is like direct. This is like it was direct outcome of the Revolutionary War and what they're fighting to. So it's like it's, right. We're trying to avoid this situation from happening again. You know? Right,
0: and so they would say that it's the, the, the number one person you're protecting your family against is the encroachment of the government itself. And sure, I mean, you know, proponents of the Second Amendment are going to point out things like, um, you know, that that often when a totalitarian regime really begins to take over, one of the first things you have to do is remove any chance of of, of resistance. Now, I've had people re- respond back to that and say, well, I mean, the government's always going to have bigger weapons. They got nuclear bombs and they got tanks. And that was, that was true even back in revolutionary days. They didn't have nuclear bombs and tanks, but they had overwhelming force. The question was, was at what price would they come in and and exercise that authority? Because any whenever the people had guns, it was it was more difficult to just force them. If I have all the power, then I can just basically walk in with a suggestion and say you're all gonna do that and they're all so afraid. Um owning a gun actually gives you a little bit more confidence to say that's an unjust law and I'm and I'm not going to obey that. Um, I read a book like a couple years ago called Prisoners of Geography. And it said Basically, the thesis of the book was that every nation is shaped by its geography. And when it covered the United States, it, it basically pointed out that the, there were two reasons it said why the United States was extremely unlikely to ever fall to a foreign power, truly fall, be taken over. So number one, you got two oceans. He so said number two, he said any in army that were coming in for every town and hamlet in America an army coming in to take it over would be like essentially Fallujah. Um, in if you remember that, uh, you know, over in the, in the Middle East, uh, in Iraq, where when they would come in American soldiers to take over this thing, they, it was extremely costly because all these fighters had guns and houses. And anytime they went into a, Anytime they went into a, a new place, often American soldiers would die. And at some point, they were like, it's just, just not worth it. Mm. And so they just, you know, it, it tended to make them want to pull out uh, rather quickly. Well, in the same way, um, a government trying to overtake town by town, because there's all this proliferation of, of firearms, it'd be very difficult to take over. And that's the idea of what the uh, the, the founding fathers were going for is, is that these cities would have a certain independence. There would be a certain local that, 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 that government leaders were not just able to on a whim make them do whatever because there was a, a self-sufficiency that showed up both in self-defense and also not in encroachment by the government. So that's part of the reasoning in there. Again, Christians can disagree on how wise that is. I do think there's some, you know, we talked about original sin um, previously on Ask Me Anything. Yep. If you do believe in original sin, you believe that that all people are going to be corrupt and that if you put people in high institutions of power, they're really going to be corrupt. Mm. And so if you've got a government that is all-powerful with no checks and balances, then that government is going to not only encroach, it's going to be very domineering. The founding fathers, to their credit, they recognize that. So they said, because all humans have original sin, we're going to put checks and balances, three branches of government, and we're also going to have even the citizens are going to be a check and a balance on the government. So you could argue that once you pull out that checks and balance, you've actually not recognized that government leaders can be filled with original sin and they will try to use their power to dominate too. You know, you can make that argument and say that this was an application of the doctrine of original sin as creating a system of checks and balances, which included a second amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. The real politically charged dimensions of this are, are basically like what limitations are there that's a question of degree and it's okay for Christians to come down on different sides and some say well I think you know this kind of background check is is good and I think this kind of restriction and I think these kind of guns ought to be off limits I think Christians can can talk about that all day long all I'm trying to do Matt is is, is give some of the reasoning behind um why the Second Amendment is there where its biblical foundations are the self-defense and that's why I went through all Romans 13 and also to say that you know to kind of Give a shout out to our founding fathers who recognized that original sin was a real problem. Original sin was a real problem, and you didn't you know, give up your original sin when you became a government official, and government tyranny and government injustice could be the worst injustice of all. So they put a check and balance in the government where the citizenry could keep their own government in balance by not being totally helpless in front of them. Hmm.
1: All right, so JD, just to do a little point counterpoint here, what about <laughs> what about Christians that would that would say they kind of refuse to retaliate in that maybe self defense situation? Just what would you say to that that way of thinking?
0: Yeah, well, certainly, I mean, you know, there, there's an element of that in that turn the other cheek. If a guy, if a Roman soldier is trying to get you to carry his pack one mile, you know, go two, and there isn't, an, but that's it's really a different forum than what we're talking about with kind of a national policy of self-defense and the checks and balance. Um, Jim Elliott, his kind of situation was when they discovered the five bodies of the Alka-5 on the beaches of Ecuador. They found that they had rifles and that they were loaded. And these guys had refused to exercise their right, so to speak, of self-defense because they were there, you know, and they let themselves be killed. Because Jim Elliot had written in his journal that, um, how how could he, when he come to preach a message of life, how could he, you know, be an instrument of of death? Is that what's required of every Christian in every situation? That if you're being attacked in the woods, I I don't think that's necessarily the implication. I think, like I've said, there's some reasons why you could say self defense is appropriate. I think in their case, because they were there specifically representing the gospel on a gospel mission their, their, their example is, is compelling because they were ready to lay down their lives. Um, I think you can, you can, you know, some things we've said this before and asked me anything. Some things are not a contradiction to be resolved, their yeah. attention to be managed. Um, we can have police that protect us and we can even have guns that allow us to protect our, our loved ones under the right circumstances. We can do that also while in a situation like Jim Elliott, uh, found himself in, or like believers in China who, you know, they could take life, but say. You know, here as the church, we're going to lay down our lives, um, and we're going to die for those who, and we're going to let you know God take care of this. I think that's a tension to be managed. That's good. Well,
1: I feel obligated to close by mentioning something that was put in our notes that I think maybe clarifies this a little bit. It was put in our notes that there are bears in the Bible, there are arms in the (laughs) Bible, so it seems like it might be biblical to bear arms for whatever that that's (laughs) worth as a closing thought. But uh, thanks, Pastor JD. You can follow Pastor JD on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We'd also just uh, recommend to you the New Churches Q&A podcast with Daniel M., Ed Stetzer, and Todd Atkins, part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family, and they've been covering topics like reopening a multi-site church, fundraising during a pandemic, and leading through change. And you can just look up New Churches two words on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today, and we will see you next time on Ask Me